You are tuning to another edition of Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. Tomorrow afternoon is the final start of the year for Cole Reagans, what he has meant to this organization. I believe Michael Garcia is the best version that Alcides Escobar ever was. And lastly, I'm going to tell you how much a good bullpen changes this team in 2024. That's all coming up next on Locked On Royals. You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore one five. And remember, you can catch all of these podcasting episodes wherever you get your podcast. That can be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and on YouTube. Still going to try and maintain that goal for over 100 subscribers a month. Want to get to 1K before the start of opening day 2024. And one more reminder that when you're downloading these podcasts, when you're listening, you're following along, don't be afraid to leave a review. We're trying to make this podcast the best possible thing it can be. And the only way we do that is when we get some feedback from you, the fans. So you follow along on Spotify, you follow along on Apple Podcasts, give us a little review. You really love the podcast and recommend it to other people. That's only going to boost this podcast and help us continue it uh, further and further. We want to make this thing as good as it possibly can be. And with a team like this, a team that has 103 losses, you know, I think we want it to keep going. Right? We need to find ways to make this entertaining. We need to find ways to make this interesting. And you guys have made this so much fun for me. I hope it's been the same for you. Uh, listening, following along, whether that be on Twitter or just on this podcast. So to me, that's very important. If this is your first ever episode tuning in, well, welcome in. I'm sure you know by now I am a diehard Royals fan like yourself, and I now work in Kansas City at Sports Radio 810 WHB. So if you ever want to catch my thoughts on other sports, not just baseball, you can do that on ESPN Kansas City. That's 1510 AM and 94.5 FM. Uh, you can check that out from 10 to 11 a.m. every single day. Then once a week, I'm on Sports Radio 810 WHB, either on a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night from 7 to 10, but easy to follow if you just go to their Twitter page or if you follow me on Twitter at J underscore 15. The Royals were rained out tonight in Detroit, at least halfway through the game. In the fifth inning, the Royals were trailing four to nothing. They're going to resume that tomorrow at 12:10. It'll be a doubleheader. So they're going to pick up in the top of the fifth inning with the Royals trailing four to nothing. Jonathan Boland made his major league debut tonight. I went through two innings, had two strikeouts in the first, gave him a solo shot to Miguel Cabrera. But other than that, I thought it was pretty, pretty good. Uh, I wouldn't say flawless. Obviously, give the solo shot to uh, the corpse of Miguel Cabrera. Not really the same guy anymore, but still can strike fear into a rookie pitcher. And he had a great opposite field pop uh, over there in the second inning to lead off the second inning off Jonathan Bolin. And then later on in this game, Angel Serpa gave up a three-run home run to 
I just didn't think had his best stuff. Might have been the weather, uh, you know, was was rainy all night. Uh, didn't really have a good grip on the mound. Didn't have a good grip of the baseball. But we'll see if the Royals can come back in game one of the doubleheader. And then in game two, it's going to be Cole Reagans for the final time this year. And I wanted to dedicate this episode to Cole Reagans because he has meant truly so much to this team in a lost season. And, you know, maybe you're tired of hearing me talk about Cole Reagans. Maybe you like it when I talk about Cole Reagans every other day. But truly, this has been one of the most remarkable player development stories the Royals have ever had. Because the Royals don't do this. And you've heard me say this before with Cole Reagans. I mean, what they traded him for, a Aroldis Chapman, you know, less than 30 innings of a Aroldis Chapman, and you get a guy that could be your frontline starter next year. If not, then absolutely in two years. I mean, the stuff he has, go to his baseball savant page. Maybe you're not a baseball savant or fan graphs guy. His baseball savant page is nearly identical to Blake Snell, who's going to win the Cy Young for the National League. I mean, just the pure stuff alone is incredible. And for me, it's all about staying healthy. If Cole Reagans is healthy this offseason, healthy in spring training, he's going to be really good next year. And it's important that we dedicate a few of these podcast episodes at the tail end of the year to Cole Reagans. Because if Cole Reagans turns into what this is, you know, over the course of 162, well, folks, I'm going to go out there and say there's more Cole Reagans out there. Now, you can find hidden gems. You can find diamond in the roughs. And Cole Reagans was absolutely a diamond in the rough. James MacArthur, from what we've seen, a diamond in the rough. And he's very important to this year. Nelson Velasquez is very important to this year. Because it shows with a little, with a little amount of talent, they can acquire some big-time talent. And that's important for this rebuild. And we're going to talk about this later on in the show, about the bullpen and, and what it could mean for 2024. But this, to me, gives me a glimmer of hope that the Royals can build a roster with intelligent trades and not just trades where you have to mortgage a superstar to get a, a number one, number two, and number three prospect in a system. Like, those would all be fine and dandy. But the Royals don't have a lot of superstar talent to mortgage away, and they're not going to do it with Bobby Wood Jr. That's kind of where they're at. So they're left to making trades and finding guys that do one or two things really well. But it also gives me hope going into this offseason, and it's why I wanted to open up the show talking about Cole Reagans. Now, the Royals traded the way a role this chat, and they got a lottery ticket thrown in Rony Cabrera and Cole Reagans. They've turned Cole Reagans into a beast, an absolute star on the mound. When he has a good outing tomorrow, he never really had a bad outing for the Royals. I think his worst outing he had was five innings. He gave up four runs against the Cardinals at home. That was it. Maybe you could say when he went six-plus innings, he gave up five runs, but you know, I think it was two of those came on a two-run home run given up by Colin Snyder against Houston. He's been that good. But it gives me hope because – in this offseason, it's not just about signing guys. The Royals are probably going to make some moves via the trade. And it doesn't have to be Melendez. It doesn't have to be a Nick Prado. It can be moves like the James MacArthur one. And the reason 
Cole Reagans and James MacArthur and Nelson Velasquez are so important is because they found those guys either blocked by their system or they just wanted to fix them. And I, I think they do have a lot of bright minds in that organization as much as you don't want to believe it. I believe there's bright minds in this organization that can change guys for the better. And that is going to be a big step in rebuilding this group. It's not just going to be simply with drafting, with trading for a big name players. It's not going to be that way. It's going to be a combination of a lot of things. High draft picks, hitting on those high draft picks, but also developing those guys in the sixth and the seventh round. And then you're going to have to combine that with, you know, can you make trades at the right time? You know, if the Royals add a couple of James MacArthur's to the bullpen, we'll talk about that at the tail end of the show. But you add a couple of James MacArthur's, you're probably not giving up a lot. You know, I think the Royals are going to spend on the bullpen because they want to have a Cole Reagan's 2.0 situation next year. You know, get you go get a guy that pitches really well for 30, 35 innings, flip him near the deadline, maybe a month before the deadline, and develop that guy. You know, that to me feels like the best possible move. That's how you can fast track this thing and and not to cut corners, but to make this thing competitive in the meantime. I mean, Cole Reagans has made this rotation, this team, when he's on the bump, competitive. The Royals have very good chances to win those games when he's on the bump. And I think to me, that's important. That's important tomorrow afternoon because what he's done in this short time has given me hope, a lot of Royals fans hope, that maybe, just maybe, he's the first of many to come. When you're looking for a player, you're searching for a player, what he does well, can you fix him? For years, it's always been Tampa. For years, it's been the Dodgers. And I'm not saying the Royals are the third team to do this. But if they can follow that model, it's not going to be the five- or six-year rebuild that some Royals fans are bracing themselves for. You can add a lot of talent. You can do so as early as this offseason. We'll take our first break of the show. When we come back here, we're going to talk about Michael Garcia and who he may be or maybe become over the course of his career in Kansas City. I'm going to compare him to Alcides Escobar and why, at his best, that's not a bad thing. We'll dive into that next on Locked On Royals. You are tuned into Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can always follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. Before we go any further, let's give a shout out to one of today's other title sponsors in Nutrafol. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter the promo code LOCKEDONMLB. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com slash men. Enter the promo code LOCKEDONMLB. That's Nutrafol.com slash men, promo code LOCKEDONMLB. I would say with Michael Garcia, the common thought for him is that he's a good leadoff hitter. You know, I think the walk rate can get a little bit better. The power can get a little bit better. We can factor in all of these things. But somebody that's really come to mind a lot, I think for 
you know, Royals fandom. You think of an Al- you think of Alcides Escobar in, in a very good light because he was a part of some good Royals teams, and he was a face of two of those really good Royals teams in 14 and 15. But overall, Alcides Escobar was not a great offensive player. Um, I, I don't think, despite the gold gloves, you know, uh, being a magician at shortstop, it it was more so the eye test than everything. The advanced metrics never really supported Alcides Escobar. And I wanted to pull up the numbers here of Alcides Escobar and some of his great years and Alcides Escobar in, in the down years, but also then look at Michael Garcia and his first true year at the big league level. You know that Michael debuted last year, and, and that was a very, very small sample size. But I was doing this earlier today, and it's what came to mind in this segment of is Michael Garcia Alcides Escobar 2.0, or can he get a little bit better? Here's some numbers on Alcides Escobar in 2013 and 2014. So you go to 2013 for Alcides Escobar. I thought this year was probably the worst of Escobar's career. He played in 158 games. Walk rate was 3%. Didn't strike out a lot, but a 264 batting average balls in play. A triple slash of 234, 259, 300. His WRC plus was 49. Offensive rating, negative 28.8. And defensively, it was great. Had a war of of 1.0. So just not great offensively for the Royals in 2013. Then in 14, this is one that feels a lot like Michael Garcia. Now, I think Michael is going to walk a little bit more. I think he's going to have more power than Escobar. But this is 27-year-old Alcides Escobar in 2014 with the Royals. He had a triple slash of 285, 317, 377, a WOBA of 307, a WRC plus of 93, Offensively, again, not very great, but defensively great. And he had a war of 3.5. Walk rate that year, 3.7. K rate that year, 13.4. Now, Michael Garcia, this year with the Royals, he has a triple slash of 275, 327, a slug of 365, a Woba right around Escobar's at 303, and a WRC plus of 87, an F war of 2.0. We know how elite defensively Michael Garcia is. And we kind of feel like the power is going to eventually come around. But that year in 2014, to me, was the best year, the second best year that Escobar had. You go back to 2012, this was his best year. He had a 4.2% walk rate, triple slash of 293, 331, 390 slug, and a WRC plus at 97. I believe and a pretty big sample size, that was the highest of his career. That, to me, feels very attainable for Michael Garcia next year. That's just kind of where I'm at. Uh, It feels like Michael Garcia, at this point in time, consistently could be the best version that Alcides Escobar was. I don't think he gets as low as the really bad years for Escobar. And to me, you know, if I would have heard you compare Michael Garcia to Alcides Escobar, I would have been pretty upset. And I'm a big fan of Esky. But Esky is not the goal you shoot for with a shortstop or a third baseman. You know, Garcia this year has shown to me, you know, he can be an elite defensive third baseman and a good leadoff hitter. That should already be good enough. 
He hits for average, not much power, but I'd imagine if he bulks up in the offseason, we've talked about this before on the podcast, he is going to get a lot better. And to me, if the floor right now is the best version of Alcides Escobar, I think the Royals are doing a lot of things right. And keep in mind, some of those years I pointed out, Eski was a few years older than Michael. Michael's going to get more seasoned. He's going to get more experienced. And that's going to help this team long term. I am so fascinated about what Michael Garcia can become in 2024, especially going into a year where he is going to know I am a third baseman. I'm not a shortstop. I'm not a second baseman. I'm not going to have to transition to the outfield. I am a third baseman, and that's where the Royals are going to put me at. And if the Royals can get this you know, 280 hitter, a 330 OBP, a WRC plus anywhere between 85 and 95, I know it's not as high as you'd like it to be, but if the power goes up, so will the WRC plus. You drive in more runs. Could be more of a completely rounded leadoff hitter. You know, all of these things are something the Royals are going to factor in. And I just thought that comparison was a little bit interesting because there are a lot of similarities. I think Eski and Garcia are both very aggressive leadoff hitters. And the Royals have always had that in their leadoff hitter. Whit Merrifield was an incredibly active and aggressive leadoff hitter. He wasn't up there for, for many pitches. He'd ambush, ambush you on pitch one or pitch two. That's just who he was, the leadoff hitter. Garcia might have the best approach of the three I just mentioned, and Escobar, Merrifield, and Garcia. And I think the Royals want him to stick at the leadoff spot. You know, Matt Couture went against the grain earlier this year. I mean, he let off Bobby Wood Jr. That was not really the best move. Let off Prado, let off Melendez. Uh, both those guys just weren't the best of fits. Garcia always felt like the best leadoff hitter of the bunch. And that's why I think it's so fitting that a comparison for him right now is a really good version of Alcides Escobar. And Alcides Escobar, at his best in Kansas City in 2012 and 2014, that's a player I think you want to play every day. And also keep in mind that Esky played, you know, 158 to 162 games all of the time. Now, there were the years where Esky really hurt the lineup. I mean, I brought up that 2013 year. That was a tremendous step backward. You know, you're hoping you don't see that from Michael Garcia, but I don't think we will. Now, because the good thing about Garcia, he's so good defensively, you just have to be average at the plate to be an above average player. You have a lot of value there. Curious if you guys agree with that comparison. Maybe I'm just grasping at straws here. Maybe I'm trying to link them just because they're leadoff hitters. But Michael Garcia feels like right now the best version that Escobar was. And if that's the floor, as I mentioned, it can only go up from here. And that should be exciting to a lot of Royals fans. We're going to take our final break. And when we come back, let's dive into this bullpen. And I, I always want to talk about this when the Royals are playing Detroit. Because it can show you that with a good bullpen, Really good bullpen. Maybe I shouldn't be telling Royals fans this because you know that in 14 and 15, relief pitching and bullpen help matter. But I'm going to look at 2024 and what a good bullpen 
can do for this group. That's coming up on Locked On Royals. You are tuning to Locked On Royals and the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can always follow me on Twitter at J underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 1-5. And be sure to catch all these podcasting episodes on wherever you get your podcasts. That can be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and on YouTube. Just be sure to hit that follow button or that subscribe button and comment on these podcast episodes. Before we go any further, let's give a shout out to the other title sponsor today in Jace Medical. Modern medical care and treatment are important, but our global supply chains are fragile. Things like pandemics, natural disasters, and foreign travel may cut you off from the treatment you need. Jace Medical is your solution. Just fill out their online form and one of Jace Medical's board certified physicians will review it to determine whether medications are safe and appropriate. Then Jace will send your prescriptions to one of their partner pharmacies where your order will be filled and mailed directly to your home. You can also send your physician a message for answers to treatment-related questions anytime. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical Plus and an additional $20 off by using Locked On at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E Medical. Com. I believe in baseball that the way to competitiveness, a lot of it revolves on pitching. Um, if you have a strong starting rotation, I think that's more so for the big market teams, uh, the Yankees, uh, the Astros, the Phillies. Uh, you can go with the Dodgers. Uh, the Angels seem to be that one team with a lot of money that just never seemed to put together a strong, strong rotation. But for small market teams, I've always kind of believed that the way to competitiveness is building a very stable and a powerful bullpen. And to me, a bullpen I've loved this year has been Detroit's. Because if you look at Detroit, you would see an offense that is putrid, a really bad offense. I mean, they're spending millions and millions of dollars for Javi Baez to be a well below average uh, offensive shortstop. You know, Miguel Cabrera is still making a lot of money. He's barely even playing. You know, I do like a lot of the young prospects and Riley Green. I'm still a big believer in Akil Badu at a a mammoth go-ahead home run the other night off Taylor Clark. Kerry Carpenter has been great. But a lot of the team numbers would tell you the offense stinks. The offense is really bad. They don't hit for a lot of power. They don't get on base. They don't hit for average. I mean, they're just not a good offensive team. But where the Tigers have a lot of people beat is bullpen. Their rotation is all right. I mean, Reese Olsen threw the other night, and Reese Olsen is a young pitching prospect, but when Reese Olsen you know, kept that team in the game and it came down to a battle of bullpens, I said, I know he's pulling this one out. Detroit has done that a lot to Kansas City this year. They just outlasted Kansas City with a better bullpen. You have Foley, you have Lang, you have Cisnero. You have a lot of guys that can record outs. And, and that sounds so simple, but it's so important. I mean, with how bad the offense has been for Detroit, they are going to probably win anywhere from 75 to 77 games. That's not tremendous, but there was a large chunk of the season that Detroit had a chance to make a run at the AL Central. 
Now, keep this in mind, and it's why I wanted to bring it up. The Tigers were dead last in a lot of categories for a large part of the season offensively. Yet, they hung around. This Royals offense was better than Detroit's for a chunk of this season. You know, you, you have guys like Bobby Wood Jr. that are top of the game. Michael Garcia is doing enough. You know, Freddie Fermin was doing a lot. But the Royals still had a lot of holes. Center field, right field, left field, second base. You know, just not a great offense. I'm not saying the Royals had a great offense. But I would say in a lot of ways it was better than Detroit's. But where Detroit had Kansas City just dominated was pitching and bullpen pitching. So now let's have a little fun with this. If the Royals developed a bullpen like Detroit's, doesn't need to be spending you know $30 million on a bullpen, you can develop and find a lot of guys. And that's why you know, James MacArthur being the hidden gem that he was, it helps that case a lot. So if the Royals can build a top, 10 bullpen, maybe top seven in the American League. You have a team that can compete a little bit, maybe not for a postseason spot, but compete in the way that Detroit has. Detroit has been the thorn in the side for a lot of teams this year. You just lose them and you go, how did we lose to Detroit? Because their bullpen's damn good. When it gets to the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning and they have a two-run lead, you're not coming back from it. That's why I don't have confidence in the Royals coming back from a 4-0 deficit tomorrow afternoon in game one in that doubleheader. Because the Tigers just have a lot of arms to throw at you. To me, that is how the Royals can make things interesting. It's starting with that bullpen. Of course, the rotation is important. But think about how many games this year the Royals have just let slip away because they don't have a lot of arms to go to. Or if they were down 1-0 going into the seventh, that would turn into 5-0 or 6-0. Now the Tigers keep it close within their offense. If they do run into a rally, they can take the lead and then slam the door. The Royals should know better than anybody that the main reason they were able to run it back in 2015 was because that bullpen was unhittable. You know, when, when you went on a surge, you lead 5-1, game's over by the fifth. There's just there's no chance you're coming back into the 2015 Royals bullpen. And for the Tigers right now, it's nowhere close to the 2015 bullpen. There were cyborgs out there and, and, and the Dirty South in 2014 with Greg Hall and Ryan Madsen. You know, you had some top-end guys in that bullpen. Detroit doesn't have that, but they've got a lot of guys that just go in there and get outs. You know, seven pitch innings, eight pitch innings. They're not milking, you know, all those at-bats. They're not grinding it out. They're just putting you away quickly. And the Royals can do that by having the right voices, having the right scouts, and looking for the right guys. Like I said, you had a couple more James MacArthur's, and they pitched the way he has been. I mean, this bullpen changes the team in 2024. I mean, they go from a team that on paper looks like a 62-63 win team to maybe a 74-75 win team. That might not mean much to you, but I think if you ask a Detroit fan this year and, and trying to find hope for the future, they kind of feel it after this year because of how competitive they were for a long stretch of games. I mean, I always expected the Tigers to bottom out. It was like, this offense is terrible, man. How are they still competing? Bullpen. They went out there and got their workhorse, and Eduardo Rodriguez. They got Tarek School has been banged up, and man, when he's on the bump, he is electric. 
Reese Olsen, Matt Manning, who of course also is injured. But they have a lot of young arms to throw at you. And if they can get through that game, you know, 3-2 going into the six, game's over, man. And that bullpen is really, really good. And that, to me, is where you start this offseason. Assemble a bullpen that can replicate that. The Royals will be so much more watchable and competitive if they build a good bullpen this year. Like that, to me, I will be satisfied. That's the best aspect of this team next year, is their bullpen. They can lock down games because it makes it so much easier on Matt Quattrero, on the starting rotation, and on this lineup, man. Give us four runs, starting pitching, hold it down for five innings. We're good. We can win you this game. That's why I believe a bullpen can change this team in 2024, and I hope they get started on it as soon as this season ends. Well, that's going to do it for another edition of Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I've been your host, Jack Johnson. You can follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore one five. Royals have a doubleheader tomorrow. They will finish off the game that was postponed tonight uh, due to inclement weather in Detroit. They're trailing 4 nothing in the top of the fifth. They'll pick that up at 12-10 tomorrow. Then right after that, it'll be Cole Reagan's final start of 2023. But until tomorrow, you take it easy, Kansas City.